All right, guys, our next guest was last seen teasing us for over 20 grueling minutes over who he'd be fighting next. And alas, he's now scheduled to take on Michael Chandler next week in a fight that has everybody absolutely buzzing on an event that has everybody pumped. UFC 257, the hangman himself, the pride of New Zealand, Dan Hooker, with the Kiwi flag hanging overhead. Welcome back to your second home. How are you, man? Ah, good, good. Well, you boys, there's 20 minutes of you guys... Uh, shooting in the dark and being bang on the money. So that was... Uh, yeah, so we, we basically 20 predicted minutes of me, it. 20 minutes of me playing dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably harder for you than it was for us. It felt like an edging video for us. Give us the payoff, Dan. How, 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 how close did you, did you get to cracking there, Dan? Was it... Were you like, oh, I might just let these guys know? Or I imagine it would have been pretty like, oh, hard to keep in that secret. Oh, it was still, like, so, like, we didn't get that thing, um, like, we didn't get the fight signed and sealed till, like, the day I, the day or two before I got on the plane to come over here. So it was, like, it all got announced, like, two weeks out, but it was, it was, uh, um, it was up in the air for a good six weeks of training. So I was, you know, in camp training, training through, training through uh, Christmas, training through all the New Year's and holidays and things like that. And it was still up in the air. So I was just glad that, that it all came through. Yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned it, I saw Dana White said that Charles Oliveri was was in the mix there for a little bit. Was it were any, at any point were you like, oh, man, I hope I'm not doing this camp for nothing. I hope that, you know, this comes through or something. Or were you just happy that you were sort of putting yourself in a position with if things worked out, you'd be there where you're sitting right now? I had the faith. I had the faith. That's all you need. Just, uh, yeah, that was funny when Dana said, um, oh, you know, well, we tried to get Charles to take it. I was thinking, what? I've been training for this fight for five weeks. I trained, <laughs> I trained 6 a.m. on Christmas Day for this. What are you trying to give this fight away to someone else? So I was just, man, I, I was, I was always, because there's always, you're always in two minds, but that's definitely not when it comes to the training. Like the training was always, super locked in but outside of that you know when you when you start looking at everything you start getting a bit worried like man is this actually going to go through but uh stuck with it and, and truly glad that i that i got all those sessions out so what what was it the actual hold up because when uh, when we were talking you told us you were like it's definitely not charles Oliveira, as in he wasn't offered to you but like what was the hold up between the time you spoke to us and then I think it was about two and a half weeks before it got locked in. What what were you waiting for? Was it Chandler signing the contract? Were they still trying to get other people? What was it? I have no. I think I think just because um, just because the environment it is at the moment with with the COVID and getting people over here and um, like the the complexity of getting me back to New Zealand with the isolation. I think there were just so many, so many moving parts that it just took a while for everything um, to fall into place. I don't think anyone was trying to, I don't feel like anyone, you know, the UFC was trying to do me dirty or anything like that, or, or there was any big holdup. I just felt like there were so many moving parts and so many things that could go wrong, but perfect storm. And uh, I'm over here. He's over here. We're all we're all through the COVID testing, so I'm 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 happy with that. So I mean, you mentioned uh, Fight Island, and you, I imagine you'd be thinking about, oh, what would that experience be like? Break it down for us, man. How has the experience on Fight Island been? Has it been what you imagined it? 
I imagine uh, just getting used to the time difference, the heat, the weirdness of, you know, sort of isolating initially would have been an interesting experience to begin with. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool to get out and travel. That's like one thing you have to remind yourself. It's cool to to be able to travel to the other side of the world and and get around and and experience somewhere I've never been. You know, I've never been to Dubai, never been to Abu Dhabi. So we landed. Uh, it was I think it was like twenty hours all up. We stopped in KL on the way through, got to Dubai, and then uh, we drove from Dubai to Abu Dhabi. But there was like this weird testing station on the border because there's borders between Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai and uh, there's like a weird testing station like out in the middle of the desert and we, we stopped there and we're going through there and it was all like it was all real strange it was like kind of war of the worlds type of thing like it was real just these tents popped up in the middle of nowhere in the desert and you go in there and there's people just not like really speaking English and then we go through there and there's like constant misunderstandings like we're like we're, we're with the ufc and they're like oh you need to do this and we're gonna put a tracking watch on you and things like that tracking watch. like the heck yeah and then they're like uh, so yeah that's how they do it if you're coming into abu dhabi you get um they put like a, a watch a watch on you just to make sure and and they can there's like gps on that and they can they can track you to make sure that you're doing your quarantine but then at the last minute, they all kind of clicked and were like, oh, no, no, they're exempt. Because um, they were going to test us on the border and chuck the watch on. But then they changed their minds and they were like, no, nah, no, nah, they're with the UFC. They're exempt from all of this. Like, here's the papers. Away you go. Like, carry on. It was there. Yeah, it was like pretty wild. And then we arrived in uh, Abu Dhabi at the hotel. And it's just cool here, man. It's, it's crazy the amount of... Um, it's crazy the facility that, that they've got set up here with uh, with everything. The hotel, um, we got out of our forty eight hour quarantine. That's not like that strict. We're allowed to, you know, still getting out, training. Time time moved fairly quickly, um, but then this morning, forty eight hour uh, lockdown in our room finished. So we got down to the gym this morning for a workout. Checked out the pool. Checked out the restaurant, and just the facility is incredible. Mm. I saw you messaging with uh, with Dennis, and you mentioned you had a, a sleep. I think from five p.m. till two a.m. So I think uh, if the submission rate of mathematics team is correct, it's like nine hours. So that's that's not a sleep. You had a coma. You had a short coma, Dan. You've since come out of the coma. So that's that's great. A and then coma? We, how nine, how much do you boys sleep? I get a I, mean, I get a solid nine hours. Man, I slept. Uh, so we were like 20, 20 hours on the plane. I I shit you not. I slept like twelve thirteen. Of those twenty hours, I've got, I've got oh, wow. an incredible skill. I've got like an incredible skill of of managing to fall asleep on planes. So I did, yeah, I did like twelve, thirteen hours um, sleeping on the plane. Jesus, the embedded would have been crazy for that one. The embedded guys are there watching you sleep. <laughs> like, come on, he's gonna do something any second yeah, now. Yeah. Now we're, we're now preparing for landing. Is, yeah. is this guy gonna move? All he does is play PlayStation and sleep. And you and your heating up your food with a hairdryer we saw in your stories you're doing that what's that all about <laughs> oh just a bit of uh quarantine trickery that's just um make make it more enjoyable uh they're they're doing good you know they're, they're dropping the food off to our rooms there's three meals a day um fighter meals corner meals but it was good to get downstairs to the, to the restaurant um this morning and try something new 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, this is going to be such an exciting fight. People are really, really pumped for it. But I'm wondering, how do you feel about having some fans there? It looks like there's going to be a couple of thousand fans in attendance. Do you imagine it's going to be, you mentioned how strange it was. and It was a little bit harder to turn on last time against Dustin. Do you imagine it's going to be much different? Or is it not enough fans to really feel, you reckon, maybe during fight night compared to, you know, the 18, 16, 20, 30,000 that you're usually used to? Oh, I definitely feel it's not going to be the same as that. You know, it's not going to be the same as a, a sold-out arena. That that like when when a sold-out arena of fans are screaming at you, you feel that. You feel that there's there's like a there's like a crazy energy, and that's what um you know Dana was saying about it. That's the way he wanted to do it. He didn't necessarily wanted to do this way, but my view is uh, it's it's great to have the fans back, and I would rather. I would rather those 2,000 fans than, than no fans. And I think it will be cool fighting in, a, in an arena. Again, I think the arena aspect of it is like a huge part as well. Just like fighting in a, the apex, like fighting in a room in Vegas was, um, yeah, hard to, hard to get going. But I feel like the arena and the fans that are there, that'll, that'll be enough to um, like spark, spark a little bit of adrenaline, I think. Let me ask you this. By the way, I'm very excited that the fans are going to be in attendance. Um, I think it's just going to be awesome for the atmosphere. But let me ask you this, because when we last spoke, or actually a few interviews ago, and Chandler was the backup for uh, Khabib Gaethje, and we sort of asked you how that fight goes, you admitted that you didn't, you weren't super familiar with Chandler or his style. Um, when was it that you actually kind of sat down and familiarized yourself for the first time with, uh, with Michael Chandler? Uh, when they messaged me about the fight, when uh, <laughs> when Sean Shelby, Sean Shelby, to be honest, like hand on my heart, I'd never seen, I'd never sat down and watched the Michael Chandler fight um, before that moment. And the UFC messaged me, "Are you interested um, to fight on this card?" I knew it was the McGregor Poirier uh, undercard, and it'll probably be the co-main event for that show. And then, man, I just jumped on the opportunity. I said yes straight away. It took me, took me a 10 seconds to think about it. I said yes to it straight away. Um, started having a look at him, and, and I definitely give him credit for what he's achieved. And I can I can see where all the excitement is, is coming from. Like, the guy's been competing at at the highest level for, for such a long period of time. Like, his third fight he ever had was in Bellator. That's, that's pretty incredible, the, the stretch and the run at the top tier that he's had. So... Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely see what all the fuss is about. Mm. I know that you've had trouble finding opponents in the past and throughout your run. Um, you know, we were talking about Charles Oliveira not too long ago, and that fight never came together. Does a part of you sort of respect Michael Chandler for at least being one of the few guys in the division to put up his hand and fight you, especially on his debut fight with so much on the line for him? Oh, I think he's running out of options. I think they started. <laughs> I think they started a little, uh, a little further up. I, you know, initially when I I got approached to the fight, I heard it was um, they they were talking to Gagey or something about the fight. I mean, obviously he didn't. You know, they they just worked their way down the list. So he pulled the. Uh, it's his his luck of the draw. You know, they went down the list. They tried to get Charles Charlie Olives to take it. He didn't want it. So. <laughs> They ended up with me, and I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy to welcome him. 
I love it. Charlie Olive's just got a new nickname he didn't even know he had right here on the Substrator, courtesy of Dan Hooker. But um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes uh, Chandler so dangerous for you? What is his most dangerous aspect as a fighter um, and as a challenge to yourself? How do you feel you match up against him? I would say it's just um, like his danger will be in it will be in his his high risk high reward style like you go back and what he like he just he doesn't start slow like there's you go back and look at any fight he's had there's no um he's not really big on feeling out processes he, he come out there and as soon as he gets a chance he, he's gonna try and take your head off so it's a high risk high reward style you know it's it's led to him with a lot of first round finishes but it's also you know been a de- you know it's it's a detriment to him as well you know he's been he's been clipped um early on in fights so I'm just expecting a fast start I think um I think the danger will lie in that in that first in that fir- those first moments of the fight um until until I get my timing and, and find my range and then I think it will be fairly easy for me to control the fight um after that mm. Have you guys run into each other at the fighter hotel yet, or have you run into his team yet, or anything like that? No, nah, no, nah, I, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. I've seen a couple of the boys. I've seen uh, uh, Neil Magny and the team um, just downstairs at breakfast once I got out of out of my quarantine. So it was good to see some of those boys. You know, I haven't mm. I haven't seen them for a while since I was back over there. Uh, training at team elevation so it's good to see some some friendly faces on fight island mm, absolutely well it's a small hotel i'm sure you'll run into a lot of the guys there might even catch khabib uh having his meeting with dana white <laughs> maybe take in and be like hey i'm just gonna hijack this meeting while, while i got you here dana uh, but here's the thing every time you go into the cage obviously you want to prove that your opponent isn't on your level or at least that uh you're a level above your opponent is that even more the case here with Chandler because he's coming in from Bellator and I know you've joked around calling it calling him from the B League and also the fact that the UFC have kind of put him on a bit of a pedestal putting him as a a backup for title contention I want I want um yeah I want I want everyone to give him as much you know the credit he deserves I feel like he definitely deserves all of that uh, momentum he's got behind him, and and I just want the reward that come with the momentum that he has behind him. You know, everyone, you know, they're putting him as the backup for the title. They give him all this hype. People saying he's he's one fight away from earning earning a title shot in the UFC. I want all of that because I want to go out there, beat him, and and take all of that. Um, excitement that he has behind him. I don't want it to be the case where I beat him, beat him clean, and they go, "Oh, he mustn't mustn't have been that good anyway." I think he is that good. I think he does deserve that. I just feel, I just feel, and I I know, I know that I'm I'm a better fighter. Yeah, the whole backup situation to this uh, McGregor Poirier fight. How do you look at that? Because uh, all in all. Everything is pretty safe down there in Fight Island. Um, the UFC has done such a good job. It's not really something you should have to worry about, especially when it's out of America where things are really, really bad. But does it part of you sort of worry a little bit? Oh, hey, like, what if something happens to Dustin Poirier? What if something happens to Conor McGregor? And he does get that call up. And is there sort of like a backup for the backup? So is there a backup to Michael Chandler that's there on the island for you? Baby, I'm stepping in. I'm stepping in. 
you can you would have to send a security up to my room if, if they if say say Dustin Poirier fell out and then they threw him into McGregor. Uh, I'm I'm doing the uh, what's that movie where the, the the ice skating chick breaks the other one's knee? I'll be uh, I Tonya, down. I Dan Hooker, I Hooker, I I I will be eye hooking them in the bloody breakfast buffet. There's no way. There's no way. At the end of the day, I, I truly feel like that's just going to come down to whoever McGregor picks. You know, if if something did happen to Poirier, I feel like it's it just comes down to whoever whoever McGregor wants to pick is between between me and Chandler. So I'm focusing on on Chandler. Um, I'm you know 100% focused on that and that fight. Everyone's here. Everyone's on the island. Everyone's been tested, and so I think the chances of that. Um, turning out or someone failing a, a, a COVID test is slim to none anyway. Mm. I agree with you. I think like now that everyone, well, Connors, I think in Dubai, but everyone else is sort of there. I think you're all pretty much sweet. But I am curious though, like fr- from the from your perspective when dealing with the UFC, how does that work? We all sort of see, you know, oh, Hooker and Chandler, all right, that's kind of like the backup fight. And that's probably why the UFC wants you guys on there other than the fact that, you know, it's an awesome fight. But do they ever speak to you and say, hey, guys, just letting you know, you might be called up or you might be the backup fight. Um, and aside from Connor deciding who he wants to fight, do they ever verbalize it to you and say, you guys might get the call up? Or is it just kind of like a sign the contract, but you know what it means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sign the contract, you know what it means. That's a, that's pretty much it. Um... <laughs> it's fascinating because I always the... thought these things that's were kind of a little more official way. than that. Nah, nah. People always expect that. Even the whole, the whole process, they think it's a little more official. But I, I truly feel like the people that that understand the sport, have followed the sport, and that know the sport, um, you can get a, a pretty clear understanding of how things are going to play out or how how things are going to go. You know, you guys, you guys, there have been following the sport for so long. It's if you pick, you picked Michael Chandler like as my opponent, you. You feel things out. Things just make sense, and the and the UFC just just does and follows through with things that make the most sense. Yeah, the most sense. But let's quickly ask this though: with when it comes to if something did happen, do you spend some time looking at Conor McGregor just in case something crazy happens? You end up matching up with him, or is he a guy you're pretty familiar with anyway? I mean, everyone's seen most of the Conor McGregor fights in the UFC, so he's a guy that you already know what you're preparing for. And I suppose on the flip side of the coin. Dustin Poirier is a guy that you know very well as well. So if something crazy happens and you ended up having to fight him and move up to the main event against Dustin Poirier in a rematch, that's a, that's a matchup that you know well as well. So is it just a case of sort of familiarizing yourself with Conor McGregor? Yeah, like that's that's um, Conor McGregor is another one of those those um, he's like the champ pretty much. That's why that's probably. The number one reason why it's difficult to to maintain a title or, or be a champion for an extended period of time, because everyone's training for you, mm. everyone's training for you. If you, if you're the champion, you know you're you're just taking the next comer, the next comer, the next comer, and whatever style or or you know game that they have at the time. But those top twenty, top thirty, top forty, top fifty guys see you as the champ. And they they start thinking, man, if I was gonna fight Khabib, this is how I fight him. Connor's one of those guys. I guarantee you, the top fifty, the top hundred lightweights in the world 
have thought about how they would fight Conor McGregor, and and I'm no different. I've, I've watched his whole career. I definitely respect his skills, skill for skill with with you know Khabib out of the picture. Uh, I truly feel that McGregor's the most the most technically sound lightweight that there is. Wow. Do you because he mentioned uh, to Oscar Willis how he believes the title could be on the line for this fight. Many people believe, yeah, the title on, maybe should be on the line in this Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor fight with Khabib out of the picture. Do you think so as well? Yeah, I feel I feel like the the Poirier um, McGregor fight makes the most sense for the title. Both guys, both guys coming off wins. You know, they're they're the only two guys coming off. Um, with a with a bit of momentum behind them, I, I definitely feel like this fight should be for the title. But it doesn't look like it's going to be this one. But whoever whoever is successful between Poirier and McGregor, it's um, it's going to be them fighting for the title next. They're they're definitely they're definitely the the. It's a kind of like an unofficial interim title. Yeah, more of this official unofficial business. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like the Departed. You know, people think they know what's going on. You're going to be uh, Mark Wahlberg at the end, rocking up on a rooftop <laughs> with hairnets on your on your shoes, <laughs> bang, throwing a, a wrench and everything. But I was going to say, so if, if the, okay, it makes sense, right? The winner of Dustin and Connor fights for the belt, but what about you and Chandler? What are the stakes here? What are, what are you guys fighting for? Well, I feel like, you know, they put him as the backup for the title. They're saying he's one fight away from the title. They tried to get, um, they tried to get Gagey. They tried to get Oliveira. They turned the fight down. And now I'm stepping in and fighting Michael Chandler um, because they didn't take the fight. So, you know, they had him as the backup for the title. They're saying he's one fight away from the title. I, I'm just saying this is the sport of opportunities. Gagey didn't want it. Charles Oliveira didn't want it. I took the fight. I stepped into that spot. I want the opportunity. Um, I st- I'm stepping up to the plate. I, I took this fight. I, I trained through. I trained through everything. I trained through all of the uncertainty. I want the same reward that either one of those two guys would have got had they taken the fight. Just to clarify, what is that reward? Is that the winner of Connor and Dustin, or is that just any any title shot against anyone? It would be. It has to be. It has to be the winner of um, of of Poirier McGregor. Mm. That's that's who who you would pick but you know everyone's saying that they're trying to make uh charlie olives and gagey it'll be it'll it'll come down to who has the most who has the most impressive performance well you know if if they go out there and they have a have a snooze fest or, or there's something like that or it's close or anything can happen someone one of them one of those two gets even though he wins he breaks his hand or he gets injured then it'll be the winner of our fight like i feel like winner of connor poirier is the next the title, and then our other two fights are, are kind of the the one that's going to step across from him is the person that can put on the best performance for sure. And I want to touch on the moment that's going to follow immediately after your performance at UFC 257 in a second. Uh, but just quickly for anybody that's looking to potentially make bets uh, on UFC 257 or any of the upcoming fights, for anybody that likes to not only watch an awesome fight and an awesome knockout, but also cash big checks 
off of those fights and off of those knockouts, there's only one place you should go for that feeling, and that is mybookie.ag. Uh, mybookie.ag has better bonuses and more MMA odds than any other sports book, period. Plus, it is NFL playoffs, and nobody does game day better than mybookie. Uh, whatever you want to make a future bet on, do so, or you can do live wagering or take on player props. MyBookie, it's got something for you. It's got something for everybody. They're the only sports book that we recommend. They take good care of us when we bet, and they pay fast when you win win and if you sign up with the promo code submission my bookie will match your deposit halfway up to one thousand dollars so visit mybookie.ag online today that is m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e don't forget to use the promo code submission bet win get paid only at mybookie.ag. Speaking of mybookie and watching things, we mentioned the NFL playoffs. If you want to watch a bunch of sports, but you're not in the region, if you, for example, watch want to watch MMA, you want to watch the UFC, you want to watch pay-per-views, you want to watch fight nights, and let's say you can't for whatever reason, let's say they're blacked out in your region. You can through pure VPN. You can change your region. You can say that, hey, I'm living in the US when in reality you're living in Australia. You can change your region and potentially find cheaper pay-per-view prices in countries where they pay less for pay-per-view. And you can do it nice and legally with pure VPN who are giving away a great deal at the moment. They're giving 99 cents for a seven-day trial. So you've got nothing to lose there and 47% off for a one-year plan or 70% off for a two-year plan and if you use the promo code submission you get an additional 10% off and you can check out all sorts of sports uh, channels like ESPN, BT Sport, Globo or anything all over the world Netflix different regions ESPN plus um, Hulu Disney plus anything you can pretty much imagine and you can do all of that while keeping your balls smooth with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 the best grooming device on the market, whether you're somebody who does jiu-jitsu and don't want to be flossing your partner's teeth when you're in north-south, whether maybe you're someone who just goes to the gym and you want your balls smooth, maybe you go on tons of dates and want your balls smooth, maybe you go on zero dates and want to go on more dates, maybe you're in a lifelong relationship and just want to keep your balls smooth for your partner, or maybe you just want to up your confidence and groom yourself like a real person of 2021, you can do so with Manscaped, and if you use the promo code SUBMISSION, you get an additional 20% off. But Dan, I wanted to ask you, you have been known for some of your memorable post-fight call-outs and post-fight messages to people and the division. Uh, probably none more so memorable than the time you called out Paul Felder while he was interviewing you. But I wanted to ask you, because it's a McGregor card, because the of the magnitude of the event, because the whole world will be watching, uh, has that crossed your mind? Have you thought about those moments, you know, if all goes to plan uh, and you beat Michael Chandler, what you're going to say and, and what those moments are going to be like immediately after the fight, what you might say. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be saying I'm, I'm going to smash someone's face in, but I'm going <laughs> to remember, I'm going to remember the second part of that plan this time. I'm going to, I'm going to smash someone's face in and I'm not going to get my own face smashed in. That's the, that's the part I forgot last time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm changing that part, so it'll be a two-part call-out. I'm going to smash someone's face in, but I'm not going to get my face smashed in. <laughs> nice, nice. That, Yeah, that's 100% the plan. We'll let you go in a second, Dan. Really appreciate the time. Just out of curiosity, is there a press conference or anything next week? Um, I don't know if fans would be in attendance, but a situation where, you know, you, Chandler, Connor, and um, Poria are all going to be sitting together on a series of tables or possibly one table. Yeah, I'm not too sure. They haven't been doing. They haven't been doing that, but I think everything's pretty cleared up. That would be that would be awesome if they could get everyone um, 
everyone down there and then, you know, the energy and of everyone um, being in the same room would be cool. You know, having everyone everyone bouncing off each other, that'll be that'll be far more exciting for the fans to watch than, um, you know, we do. I know I have one on an Anzac Media Day coming up next week and that one's on video. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we get to do something in person with the media. I'd love it. I, th- I think like a press conference of all of you guys, the main and the co-main mm. of it would just be crazy. I think people are very thrown by the Kiwi dry sense of humor. They don't know how to take it. But I, would just, <laughs> yeah. I would love to, to see the, the havoc that that wrecks on people. I think you should um, I think you should throw out a bunch of old school Conor McGregor coats as well, but in very dry delivery. <laughs> just slip them in there because Conor doesn't use this anymore. I think that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, what, 100%. What, what do you think of the this Conor McGregor that we're seeing in 2021 where uh, a lot more restrained, not as much trash talk, and sort of more focused on the fight itself, less build-up? Um, I feel like just because he is, uh, you know, that's that was like on the come-up. That was to earn his, um, earn, his, earn his seat at the table. You know, he's hungry, he's wild, he's brash, he doesn't mind asking for things and I feel like I'm in the similar position now but now he's at the now he's at the top um and and any you know he's in the position where he gets to choose who he fights so it's it's other people's roles to to call him out to fight or to to get him interested in a fight is is so it's a complete opposite he doesn't have to go out there and and sell fights anymore he's a he's a huge name he's a He's a household name, so the the fights um, the fights sell themselves. Mm. And I know we've spoken a lot about you know this potential Dan Hooker Conor McGregor fight, which I would absolutely love to see. But in the case that Conor does lose against Dustin, which could very possibly happen, have you thought about that rematch with Dustin Poirier? I mean, it's still a fresh fight. It was one of the most exciting fights of the year for sure. But when you think back to it and the chance to possibly rematch him right around the corner. Um, how does that feel for you? And also to get an opportunity to sort of get that W back. Yeah, that's, that's you know, you always you always feel like you can make improvements or, or do things differently or, or do them much better. That's definitely one of those fights that I felt like I could have um, approached a lot better than I did um, approach that fight. So I would definitely, it, it, comes, it comes down to, I want to fight whoever whoever's standing between me and the title. Like that's that's my main focus. That's my priority is winning the bout. So it's anyone coming between me. And if that's a Dustin Poirier rematch, then that's what it's mean. That what is you know that's it is what it is, and and that's something I'm definitely prepared for. Well, Dan, I've got to be honest with you, man. Uh, for a long time now, we've had you on the program, and uh, we always were trying to play matchmaker. We were always trying to say, "What about this guy? What about that guy?" And it was always hard, you know, getting those marquee matchups. So, do you uh, do you feel like this is kind of you realizing that dream? You don't have to call in on out. You got the big fight on a massive card, a card that might be the biggest card of the year, and this is this is really kind of, I guess, the the the, the next leap into title contention for you. Yeah, but I called him out. You know, <laughs> that's just, just the way that the sport works. You, you know, it just I, I'm worked not, for the first time in your life. <laughs> just, well, I, I've called everyone else out, but it's just not happened straight away. So I understand how it works. Like even even if you, you know, you ask for a fight or you shoot your shot, it might not be the next fight, but you're you're planting the seed. You're planting the seed in the fans' minds. You're planting the seed in the UFC minds. Um, 
so it definitely it definitely grows. So it's it might not happen the next fight, but it could it could be this in two fights and three fights. Like this is this is how these things work. Well, then I can honestly say we could chat to you for hours. It is it is always hilarious banter, always a great time. I will wish you the best of luck. Follow the man on Twitter and Instagram at Dan the Hangman for more recipes and check him out. Uh, heating up his food with a hairdryer <laughs> in Abu Dhabi <laughs> and chilling by the pool. Of course, he's taking on Michael Chandler uh, next weekend. UFC 257 on January 23rd, which is the 24th for anybody in Australia and New Zealand. UFC 257. Dan, thank you so much, man. Best of luck. Uh, no trouble, lads. Thank you very much. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.